You're listening to a sermon podcast from Church at the Gates where we desire for real people to meet the real Jesus and experience real change. We pray that God might use the next few minutes to draw you closer to Him. Today is Global Mission Sunday, and I will not be preaching, but I want to introduce to you a friend of mine who I met uh, last May. His name is Peter Odanga. He's from all the way from Kenya. And man, you guys are in for a treat. He absolutely slayed first service, so setting the bar high, but he's going to get over it. Welcome Peter Odanga this morning. Good morning. My name is Peter Odanga, and I come from the wonderful continent of Africa. The country's name is Kenya. We are known for safari, but we have people there who know the Lord and love the Lord. I am very, very excited to be here, and I've been having a wonderful time. Uh, And so this morning, I'm privileged to be your speaker. Uh, So if you have a copy of your Bible, please uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And we will read a few verses. We'll start from verses 35. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35. The Bible, I'll read the Bible from the New King James Version of the Bible, and it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verses 36 says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Father in heaven, behold, time has come. Glorify your son. I pray that the written word that was spoken word, that this time will become living word in our lives. I pray that those who came discouraged will live encouraged. Those who came seeking for you will find you. Word of God, speak. I pray that you speak from, the, from heaven, speak from the pulpit, and speak to the basement of our hearts. Spirit of God, get me out of the way and have your way. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Um, as I was thinking about this mission emphasis time, what the Lord put on my heart to share with us is moved, but not moving. And the idea behind this is uh, sometimes you, 
Pastor Mark can preach and you are really moved by the sermon and you go, Pastor, that was a wonderful sermon. The only problem is you never do anything about it. It's equivalent to just getting on high and then going in a very bad hangover. Because you're moved, you never move. Imagine having a very good car and you start it, the engine sounds firing. The only problem is that the car never moves. Moved, but not moving. Kevin Carter is a name of a South African photojournalist. He won a number of prizes, and one of the prizes he won was the Pulitzer Prize for the Photographer of the Year. The year was 1994. If you Google Kelvin Carter, you will see one of the pictures that he took. This is a picture of a malnutritioned young girl who is bending about to be eaten with a vulture. And with all the artistic and the professionalism, he spent time and he took a very good shot and it went viral everywhere. What many people don't know is that a few months after that, Kevin committed suicide. He could not stand the picture of that helpless Sudanese girl who was fighting to get to a refuge camp, a feeding center. He was moved, but he never moved. And maybe that's your story. There's a time you, you are so sure the Lord convicted you to do something about a situation. Maybe it's just to move across the street and help a neighbor who is sick and well, they're dying. And then the next day when you ask, they tell you, sorry, he couldn't make it. They couldn't make it. That could be a story. When we come to Matthew chapter 9, it's important for us, first of all, to know the background. You cannot appreciate Matthew chapter 9 and specifically verse 35 if you are not understanding the context. Chapter 5 to 7 Jesus lays principles of the kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount, on the mountain. Chapter 8 and 9, Jesus is actually spending time displaying his power. And you see this when uh, in his cleanses a leper, he calms um, the sea, he casts the demons into the swine, he heals the paralytic, he heals a woman raises the dead, gives sight to a blind man. He gives speech to a man who was mute. That's the background. So from there, the Bible says in verse 35, then Jesus went about the cities and the villages. It's important to know the scope here. The Bible says, then he went about all the cities and the villages. You see, missions is not only across the sea. Missions is also across the street. And missions is also across the city. 
It's not only overseas. It's across the seat and it's across the street. And that's so significant for us to know. I was coming one time to America. And I was in a plane. And I was trying to see how I'll start a gospel conversation with the lady who is sitting next to me. And she's, she looks very serious. She looks like she doesn't want to be disturbed. And I'm a person who is a people person. I want to, to share. And she's called something, Lord, give me an opportunity. How am I going to do this? Actually, by the way, I was the only man on the plane of color. The only one with light-skinned. Everybody else was different from me. So I got there, and then she's quiet. Then we got into some turbulence. And then guess what she did? She held on my hand, and she went, oh, my God. And I was, ah, ah. Isn't he a wonderful God? And she goes, pardon me? I go, isn't he a wonderful God? Then the lady on the other side says, my grandmother has a hearing problem. Please, you need to raise your voice. So guess what? <laughs> I was interested in having a conversation with one person. The Lord gave me a platform to speak to everybody around me in the plane. <laughs> and with my interesting accent, this was wonderful. So I go, isn't he a wonderful God? And she says, tell me about it. And so I had this opportunity to share the gospel. Friends, missions is also across the street and across the seat. It's not only overseas. And so Jesus goes about the cities and the villages. We need to reach people in the city, but we should never forget the villages. It's very important that we keep the balance. We need to be in town, in the suburbs, but we should never forget the villages. And so this is important. The problem with the church today is the church is busy reaching the church. Christians among Christians, and that's why it's not working. The command is we need to go. We need to go and make disciples. Verse 36, the Bible says, but when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes, wait a minute. Jesus, when he saw the multitudes. You see, it's very hard for you to say, I'm seeing a crowd. But this is not what the Bible really is saying. Jesus literally looked into their hearts. Someone put it this way. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. And for all of us, we need to be praying. The reason we are not moved is because we are using common eyes. If we are prayerful and we ask the Lord to show us, he will open the eyes of our hearts. And if we can only see, we'll begin seeing people the way Christ sees them. So what happens? I pray that all of us would pray this prayer. I suggest that, Lord, open my eyes, that I may see the world through your eyes. He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Verse 36, that's actually the fuel of missions. And it rests on one word, compassion. Compassion. When he was moved with compassion, NIV says, he saw multitudes who were distressed 
and downcast. NIV says they were harassed and helpless. Amplified version of the Bible says they were dejected and helpless. King James says they fainted and were scattered. In other words, they were bruised, battered, ripped apart, exhausted. That word harassed is a very graphic word. They were harassed. It actually means that these people had their skin ripped apart, their flesh torn apart. And that word helpless is a picture of someone who is, has been beaten and left to die. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Compassion means you are broken from the inside. Compassion means you are genuine and you are going to do something about it. It doesn't stop from being broken. It also means we need to do something. Move but not moving. Sympathy is no excuse for action. Charles Pajon actually brings the point home when he says, what value has compassion that does not take care of the objects in arms? It does not take its object in its arms. What value has compassion that does not take its object in its hand? Real compassion will break us from the inside and we will move. Real compassion will break us and we will move. Our hearts in our hands, our knees knocking each other, but we will move for action. That's what real compassion will do to us. When you are moved with compassion, your spiritual eyes are open. And when you open your eyes, you begin to see what Christ saw. The first thing he saw is that the world was like sheep without a shepherd. But for our take home, we get them from three verbs there. Teaching, preaching, healing. So the first thing that you will see is this. If your eyes are opened and you are moved with compassion, you begin to see the world as a school without a teacher. A school without a teacher. The phrase used there, the verb used there is that he went about teaching in the synagogues. In Africa today, there's no land to live for someone as an inheritance, most of the places. And so what most parents will do, they'll take a loan, they will do whatever they can, but to make sure their children get good education. And they want to leave that education as the inheritance for their children. It is so personal, they are ready to do anything, but to make sure their children get the right teachers and in a right school. Can you imagine every morning getting your kids, taking them to school, and they're not taught. Can you imagine that happening? So this was so significant that Jesus went about teaching. The word teaching is the word didasko. Didasko simply means to make clear. In other words, every Sunday, every, every time you're having live groups, you can go and share with someone what you're learning. It's as simple as that. Go and make clear what you are learning. It is important that you make clear what you're learning because if you don't make clear what you're learning, then there'll be a problem. I strongly believe America has done an amazing job sending missionaries 
everywhere in the world. But I also believe America is a forgotten mission field. So that's the opportunity. The challenge is Africa still struggles with Bible illiteracy. So many tribes, so many dialects, the Bible is not yet there. And we cannot give an excuse for not having a Bible. We need to come and teach the word what you are learning. We cannot give an excuse of not having a projector. We just need to project our faith and what we believe in. Teach what you have. Share what you have. Because when you share what you have, it will make a very big difference. He went about in the cities and the villages, and all he was doing was teaching. Secondly, it's not only the world is not only a school without a teacher. Christ says, when you pray, you'll begin to see, and when you see, you will begin to see that the world is like a church without a preacher. A church without a preacher. I submit to us that even this morning, there are many, many, many hungry people who are yearning to know God, who are gathering everywhere in the United States. But guess what? The word of God is not going to be opened. They meet, they want to hear from the Lord, but it's not going to happen. I went to a school, a girl's school, and after preaching on a Sunday, when I was done, one girl came to me, and I was wondering why she wanted to. She said, I just wanted to come in to thank you. I said, what do you mean? Because today, you were able to open the word. I go like, no, but every Sunday, people come and say, yes, they come, but all we hear is motivational speaking. There is no correct preaching of the word of God. And that leads me to say this. Don't confuse the gospel. Don't complicate the gospel. Don't compromise the gospel. Don't confuse the gospel. And yes, the gospel is both offensive, but the gospel is also very gracious. Don't compromise the gospel. Serve it raw. Serve it raw. Don't complicate the gospel. You know why? The gospel is like a lion. Just let it lose, it will defend itself. Don't try to do anything. So we need to go. We need to stop giving excuses. Move but not moving. So there are people who never hear the gospel. You are so lucky. You can even have a men's meeting where you're coming to check the right theology. This does not happen everywhere in the world. Don't just be feeding and you're not giving out. Moved. But not moving. And I hear people saying, I just want to be a good Christian. By the way, we don't have secret service Christians. We need to be public. And I hear some even saying this. No, no, no. Uh, my goal is to preach the gospel. And when necessary, I use words. That's wrong. Preach the gospel. It is necessary. Use words. That's the correct, that's the way it should be. Moved, but not moving. When I was young in my walk with the Lord, I could witness to anybody and anything that came my way. One month in my salvation, 
I was on fire. I wanted everybody to know what the Lord had done in my life. So one time I am visiting my brother who schools in a boarding school. And so I visit him. It was about 12 hours drive. I go to their school. It's very late in the evening. I see him and I meet his teacher who is in charge of their Christian Union Fellowship in school. I meet him and uh, because I'm on fire for Christ, I go tell him, hey, you know what? This is what Christ did in my life. I'm a new believer. I'm going to heaven. And this is what he, And then he goes, by the way, you've come all the way from Mombasa. Why don't you be our preacher tomorrow? Huh? <laughs> and then because I'm still excited, I go, amen, amen, I'll do it, I'll do it. I couldn't sleep the whole night. <laughs> I went through this same Bible, looked for a scripture. It was not happening. By God's grace, I had pastor's notes from a Bible study that we had had a previous week. So I said, okay, this will serve me. Ladies and gentlemen, I woke up in the morning, got breakfast, got ready to go to church. In my mind, I knew I was going to speak to a bunch of young people. Ladies and gentlemen, it was 900 boys. And they are singing. They were singing very badly. I get in there, and guess what? It's morning. I start sweating. Because I've never seen anything like this. And I'm asking myself, what did you get yourself into? What did you get yourself into? So I walk in, and he gave me a very, very good evangelical type of invitation. We have a man of God all the way from the coast of Kenya. And he's here to present the word. Can we welcome Peter Odanga? And they are clapping, they are shouting, they are excited. And I come there, I look at them. And I got a blackout. I did not know what to do. So I prayed. And then the shortest sermon ever preached. Nine minutes. I was done. Nine minutes. Nine minutes I was done. And so I am quiet. And then the teacher tells me, continue as the spirit leads. Then I remembered, no. My pastor will always make an invitation. So I made an invitation. I asked anyone who would want to receive Christ as their personal savior. 42 hands went up. 42. I started crying. I have never seen anything like this before. So I am crying. They are thinking that I'm so spiritual. No, I'm crying because I'm overwhelmed. Because among the 42 hands, one of the hands is my brother's hand. The story doesn't end there. We go back to the staff room. We're having tea. I'm wondering what has just happened. And, and, and the teacher is asking me, would you just rehearse to me again that thing about how you receive Christ? Unfortunately, he was not a believer. So I explained to him and he said, can you then pray also for me so that I receive Christ as my personal savior? Preach the word. It is necessary. Use words. Moved but not moving. Some of you have no idea the potential you have. But the world is like a church without a preacher. Jesus said, if you are moved with compassion, you'll begin to see. And what will you see? You'll then see that this world is like a hospital without a doctor. A hospital without a doctor. And he went about healing every sickness and disease. The last part says that. Harry Bolberg is the found, one of the founding directors 
of a ministry called Word of Life. Word of Life is now in about 80 countries and 92 locations in the world. Harry Bolberg was very instrumental in starting missions in Brazil. They were working among the Shavanti Indians. Harry Bolberg, before he went to be the Lord, gave a story of how one day as they're doing ministry, the whole village got sick. Literally, the whole village. And they started bargaining with, with this partner. What should we do? Because for us to go to get medicine, we have to travel a bit far, and it will take us another two days to come back. Finally, they decided they go get the medicine. They came back with the medicine, and they're ready to give the medicine, and they're asking, where are people? They're told, most of the people died. Most of the people died. And that's true. There are so many young people, so many old people heading to a Christless eternity as we watch. We are moved, but we are not moving. Luke chapter 5, verse 31 to 32, the Bible says, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, who need a doctor but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but, to, but sinners to repentance. When you are moved, you begin to see. And when you begin to see, your eyes are open. And when eyes are open, you understand the urgency of the gospel. It is so urgent. And once you understand that, you begin to see the world as a hospital without a doctor. People are sick. But the biggest sickness is not the body that is wasting away. It's the cancer of the soul. Bible says, all souls belong to God, but the soul that sinneth shall surely die. And that was no, that's not God's plan. He wants people to come to know him. And please, never be comfortable. The problem of being moved and never moving is this. Even this morning, we have well-meaning Christians here. You come to church, praise the Lord. You come to life groups, praise the Lord. You give towards missions, praise the Lord. The only problem is you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. You've never confessed with your mouth, believed in your heart that Christ died for your sins and rose again. Here is my counsel to you, my brother and my sister. Don't go to hell through the church. Make your calling and election sure. Make sure that you know the Lord. You've been moved, but you're not moving. You, you, it's a struggle. It's a fight. Make sure you know the Lord. It's a sickness that only Christ can heal. Give him your heart. That's a more bigger miracle than anything else. Then the Bible concludes in verse 37. In 38, that then he said to his disciples... The harvest truly is plentiful. Wait a minute. The harvest truly is plentiful. What did he mean in that? I think what the Lord meant is the harvest 
all around the world. That includes Asia, that includes Europe, that includes Australia, Oceanica, South America, Africa, North America. That's the harvest. The harvest means across the sea. The harvest means across the street. The harvest means across the seat in the grocery store, in the saloon. When you're playing disc golf, that's the harvest. We need to begin to see because that will make a difference. The harvest, pray for the harvest. Friends, the harvest is plenty. The harvest is precious, but it breaks God's heart because the harvest is also perishing. The Bible says, pray for the God of the harvest. Interesting. Now the danger, listen, that is a very dangerous prayer to pray. To pray that Lord sent forth laborers, it's a very dangerous prayer. But any mature Christian must pray that prayer if you really want to move. I never intended to be a preacher. I had no plans whatsoever. I started my career and I wanted to be an automobile engineer. Two years into college, I could not raise my school fees. I came from a family that struggled. And then I started volunteering in a, a camp, a Christian camp. Then I made a terrible mistake. I took a short-term mission trip to Uganda. While in Uganda, my eyes started seeing. This was the time when most people were dying of AIDS, and we, we went to a hospital, and we had young people, children, who were fully blown, and they were about to die. And so my prayer was, Lord, please send laborers to Uganda. Send laborers to Africa. And the Lord was, huh, you are one of the best candidates. I became a miracle and an answer to my own prayer. It is a dangerous prayer, but worth praying. And since then, I stopped fixing cars. I fixed people's lives to the glory and honor of God. And I don't regret. And you know what? For some of you here, God has been knocking on your heart. Stop playing safe. Be bold. Do something that you're not used to. And for some of you, maybe it's to take that leave three months. Go somewhere in Africa, in a refugee camp. Eat what they eat. Live the way they are living. Do whatever they're doing and serve there for three months. Maybe that's what you need to do. God needs just to kick you out of your recliner because he's been moving you and you're not moving. And you'll be shocked how much more he wants to accomplish in you and through you. Because anytime Christ wants to do something, he'll always use his people. Are you available? You should be available. And that's how I ended up in this mess that I'm in. And that's why I'm standing before you all the way from Africa. I believe with all my heart that we need to start moving. With everything that is happening in the world right now, the wars, the rumors of war, the pestilence, and everything, I strongly believe that we are not living in the last days. 
but we are living in the last hours. And so we need to be urgent in everything that we are doing. We are about to see two things, worst of times and best of times. But church thrives in hard times like this. If we take our part, if we are moved, we are going to see things happening because God is not overwhelmed and is on schedule. Kevin Carter was moved, had an opportunity to impact the life of this Sudanese girl, but did not. Sympathy is no excuse for action. What value has compassion that does not take its object in arms? Kenya is known for long-distance runners. We pride in that. And one of the names that uh, is well, well known, greatest of all time, is marathon runner Eliud Kipchoge. Eliud Kipchoge became the champion in 2016 and later on 2020. He's the first human to run a full marathon under two hours. And uh, scientists had predicted that this could not happen until 2032. Eliud Kipchoge is a believer. He loves the Lord. One time he was interviewed and I picked only one thing that he said. He was asked, how do you manage? How do you do this? And this is what he said. I have purpose that I will always stay in the moment. I will always stay in the moment. Church, we need to stay in the moment. The call is urgent. The call is urgent. Christ is not coming back as a baby in a manger. He's not coming back as a savior. He's coming back as a judge. And we are being called to get out. The Bible uses an interesting word. It uses the word that send forth, send forth laborers, send forth. That word means to be scattered. It's like an explosion. And my prayer is that the Lord will take some of us and take them to Africa and some of us in Asia, some of us in Europe and some of us across the street so that we can be used for his glory. When you are moved, please move because that's the will of God for your life. Father, I have tried the best way you've given me utterance. This morning, Lord, I pray for your will. I pray for that brother, that sister, that, Lord, they'll not only be hearers, but doers of the word. The task is big, and we need your enablement. I pray that you kick us out of the recliner and allow us to move Give us eyes that are rare that we can see to the glory 
and honor of your name. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to a sermon podcast from Church at the Gates. For more information about our church or to connect with us about what you just heard, you can visit churchinmissoula.com.